0: Can you dig it? With a Bobcat compact excavator, you can. Up to $6,000 in rebates on select models and 0% financing for 36 months. Check us out at Bobcat of Charleston in North Charleston. Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode 289 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Listen, we know we were going to preview the UNC game that's coming up this weekend, but we have a special interview episode of the DBR podcast. We have a great interview uh, that we were just able to do. First off, quickly, Donald Wine here, your host. I have Jason here, Jason Evans. What's going on, Jason?
1: Oh, man, we just did a great interview, folks. You're going to really enjoy this one and very timely. There's some major news about this Dookie that we are playing this interview off of.
0: Absolutely, Jason. And Sam Klein is not here with us. He's with us in spirit. But we had to get on and record this because we just had a special interview with Indiana Pacers guard and former Duke guard, Cassius Stanley. He's talking to us about several things. But like Jason alluded to, too, he's talking to us, first off, about the slam dunk contest that's going on this weekend at halftime of the NBA all-star game. Cassius Stanley will be performing in the all-star game. And he honestly, he kind of takes us down memory lane for a bit, but also tells us, gives us a little tease about what you may see when he picks up that ball and takes flight this weekend in the dunk contest. You don't want to miss that. Also, we talk about life in the NBA so far, and we reflect on last year. In Durham, his one year with the Blue Devils, and just some of the things that he misses about Durham, and some of the, some of the things that we have uh, seen from him in a Duke uniform. Also, he gives us a couple of Coach K stories. But without further ado, you don't want to hear from us; you want to hear from the man. Here is Cassius Stanley with that interview.
1: And we are joined now by Cassius Stanley, high flying, Cassius Stanley. Uh, of, of the Indiana Pacers and their uh, G League team. Cash, thanks so much for uh, for joining us today.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All
1: right, so I'm going to let Donald start because you're going to be involved in a time-honored NBA tradition this weekend. I know you're excited about it. We're, we're going to be on chat with you about the Slam Dunk Contest. Donald, take it away.
0: Yeah, thanks. And, and Cash, good to have you on the podcast. Uh, starting out with the dunks, and obviously, I mean, I know you've grown up watching the dunk contest. It's usually the high profile event of the weekend. Some would say even more than the all-star game itself, Uh, but it's now being done at the halftime of the game. But before we get to the dunk contest, I want to go back to Duke because at Duke, you had a ton of dunks uh, all over the place. Some were still searching for our jaws on the floor because they were awesome, but, I want to know what your favorite dunk was. We have a couple that are probably a consideration, but I want to know which one did you did you think was your favorite?
2: I'll probably say the lob at NC or at Duke versus NC State. Um, I think Wendell threw it. Um, I think that was my favorite because it was like that was definitely like a turning point in our just everything in our season. I mean, like we were kind of down at the half. Um, or if not down, we were barely beating them. And um, we just we just switched, like, I think we switched defenses. We went, like, to a crazy zone or something. Uh-huh. It's just like we went on, like, a 20-0 run, and, like, it was, like, eight minutes left or seven minutes left in the half, and it was just, like, we just kept running. And we kept running, and I think like, the play before it traded me a lob, and I dumped it. And then the very next play, we ran out again and went out through it, and it was, like, way behind me. And I was like, there's no way in the world I'm catching this. Like, <laughs> I just might as well catch it and bring it down and then probably, like, kick it to Vern or somebody. And I th- I caught it, and I still had so much time in the air. I was like, all right, you know, miss, make. It'll look good. If it doesn't look good, I know Coach is going to pull me. So, <laughs> you know, let's just go for it. Like, you're at Duke. It's a packed house. This is what you live for. And somehow I finished it, and then um, I remember, like, I think running back. I think I even like caught a glimpse of the replay or something like that. And I was like, "No, nah, that's crazy."
0: Um, and how does that feel? I mean, this year it, these guys are kind of robbed of the opportunity to hear a loud Cameron. And when you're when you're uh, grabbing yeah. the ball and you're just like you're staring, you're probably staring down at the rim because we've seen we've seen where your head is in some of these. You're staring down at the rim, and you're like, oh, man, they're about to go crazy for this. Like, how does that feel? What? Take us through, because Jason oh, and I can't dunk. We know you can. You have that feeling.
2: No, nah, it's the craziest feeling, because um, it's like you just t- turn into a totally different person. So, like, prior to being at Duke, everyone who knew me, like, from L.A., like, just anywhere would be like, all right, he's going to do something spectacular, but he's going to make it seem like it's not spectacular. So, he's going to do something crazy and literally just run back on D like he just put, you had a put back layup or something so like my first couple games I started dunking and it was just like the crowd was so loud I would start screaming like I'd get I'd get amped and everyone who knew me like in high school was like wow you're screaming on dunks now like you're a totally different person I'm like Cameron Indoor would do that to you and so like just like to the point where like it got to you know the midseason, the meat of the schedule it's like I just had so much energy because the crazies were so insane. And I, I feel, you know, I feel for the guys there now who are, who are going like, especially the freshmen who are playing, they don't get to experience how crazy the fans are, how much they really help your game.
0: Let me, let me transition to the dunk contest this weekend. And in, in preparing, there's obviously a lot of things that guys have done in the past. Have you been looking at past dunk contests and seeing what guys have done? And does that affect you? Because, There's been a lot of people, you know, a lot of fans call for originality, and it's kind of hard to do that some days, these days with so many dunks out there.
2: Yeah. um, I mean, I've always been a huge dunk contest fan. So um, for me,
1: uh,
2: I've been watching dunk contests. Like, I mean, literally, if I was there, if there was a dunk contest trivia, I could get it. Like, I can name every single winner, every single year, starting from like 82, like just straight on i can give you every single winner like i know every single dunk from like 1996 to now so like i'm a extraordinaire when it comes to that so now being in it it's like it's, it's it's like second nature really like having to watch these dunk contests and figure out what to do and um like you've always mapped it out just in case like maybe maybe i'll end up in it one day um but then once you're like really like officially in it and you got to start practicing it feels like you have no original dunks. Like, it's almost like you got to really think outside the box. And um, that's what I've been doing the past couple of days.
0: And, okay, you, you've watched every dunk contest, or at least you, you've researched him or whatever. Your favorite dunker of all time.
2: Dunker? Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Zach Levine. Um, oh. He's my favorite dunker, per se. Um, just because... Prizing choice. He's the most... Like, he's the, the closest person I can replicate um, because he did a lot of his dunks on one foot and I'm a one foot jumper. Um, favorite dunk contest performance. I mean, Vince Carter comes to mind. Um, Jason Richardson comes to mind. Um, but honestly, I'd say like, I'd say Nate Robinson because um, he was just such a showman. You know what I'm saying? Like he was He was the definition of, the dunks being good and being a showman. Um, And, you know, I think he took it to another level. Uh, I think Dwight Howard took it to another level too.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nate and I are the same height. So, but the only (laughs) thing he's got for him is that he can jump over Dwight Howard and also dunk the basketball. I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, just teasing this weekend, I know guys who entered a dunk had the contest don't like to give away what they're planning on. So I'm not going to ask you that. What I will ask you is to tease anything we should look out for when you pick that ball up for your first dunk on Saturday or or Sunday night.
2: Um, I'll just say all my dunks have never been done before. Ooh. Oh, whoa, really? Every single one of my dunks has never been done before.
0: Do you practice them? Do you practice them in practice, like after practice, whatever? Is this something you just kind of like? No, no,
2: no. These are like dunks I've picked up in the past three, four days in closed door, locked, locked doors, sealed door environment. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait,
1: Donald. I have to know. Cash. Do you have like a a council of advisors? Who's who's giving you advice on this stuff?
2: Yeah. So um, the NBA has a dunk coach. Um, Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 The NBA has a dunk coach. Um, His name's Chuck. And uh, he runs like a, a dunk page on Instagram called Team Flight Brothers and um, a professional dunker. So um, he's been like, I've known him for a while. And so now finally getting to work with him. Um, he's just been giving me some of the craziest ideas. And, you know, like I'm going to the gym tonight to just like work on my, my routine and a couple of other dunks just so I can get them consistently down. Um, but they've never been done before so i, oh I am looking
0: it. forward to that I, I will say that that's gonna be that's gonna be live
1: must see tv people all right so cash i want to i want to switch from dunking for a moment to talk about the larger basketball career tell, tell me what your time in the nba what your nba experience has been like so far you know we all hear about how great these players are you've got to experience it you know firsthand um yeah you know just get, get take us inside that a little bit
2: um yeah i mean my nba time has been great um just from a a learning experience. I mean, I, I just, things were different. Obviously this year, I didn't have summer league. I didn't get to really have a full training camp. Um, But, you know, just being around, you know, veterans on my team, especially like um, during the beginning, I had Victor Oladipo, um, who was my locker mate. So he was really, really big with me. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, um, Justin Holliday Um, there. I mean, they're, a lot of the guys on the team have been so helpful. Um, TJ McConnell has been a great guy for me just to, you know, talk to, you know, when I feel like, you know, I don't understand this concept or uh, things like that, you know, they're all there to be helpful. Uh, and I think the thing for me is just, um, you know, just, just learning, just consistently learning. Um, you've always been throughout the process throughout the journey, it's always been, you know, how can I do this to get through this, to get to the next stage? Like how quickly can I get through this to get to the next stage and um with the NBA now it's about you know longevity that's how you really maximize you know your time it's it's about you know how what can i do to stay in the league and be in the in the league as possible as long as possible um so I think for me um, just just learning that watching watching um and, and using everything to an advantage I mean I'm on a team with a lot of veteran guys who solidify themselves in the league. So uh, me being a younger guy, I'm not going to have as much playing time, but being able to sit there uh, up close and, and study, you know, my guys and then guys, um, you know, night in, night out and, and picking things up and, you know, using that um, when, I, when I do get my chance has been big.
1: Uh, is there anybody that you're, you feel like you're modeling your game after a little bit? I, I must admit, you know, Oladipo sort of jumps to mind as a guy who feels like you guys could have a similar kind of game.
2: Yeah, yeah, i mean he helped me a lot when it came to just certain certain little things on defense and offense um but for me i, I mean i'm just trying to pick it pick it everyone I'm, I'm watching everyone every night um up close and so you know i've been able to take little things from from everyone and and you know i wouldn't say i really model my game after anybody but um, you know i definitely just like to you know watch and then if i feel like i can replicate that um, then i i try to input that into my game
1: uh, and what is it you think you need to work on the most? You know, where, where's the area that the, the Pacers say to you, Hey, this is what has to happen to get you, you know, full time on the team and, and really playing a major role.
2: Um, just, you know, consistently just getting better um, at, at all facets. Um, um, with uh, and with a, a, a high alert on, on being, you know, the best defender on the team. I mean, that's kind of what they're, what they want me to, to be as a, a big two-way guy, a big, um, you know, a big defensive guy um, who can, you know, be put on, you know, one of the, the, the top perimeter players night in night out. I,
1: I know that the brotherhood is for real. Uh, have you, have you had much of a chance to, to talk to, to Trey or Vernon at all? How, how's their experience going so far?
2: Um, yeah, I talked to them like what, last week when we were all down here. Um, and, you know, it's, Kind of like we're all just in the we're all talking about the same thing, um you know, just learning, um, being patient later on our time. Um and but it was it was really good to reconnect with them. And um, there were a couple other guys like Marquise Bolden was down here, um Javin Deloria is down here. So uh, we had like a, a big old like a round table kind of just sit down <laughs> for a second. Um we were all just in the lobby at the same time and we all ended up just talking to each other. Um, for like 15, 20 minutes.
1: I I have to ask, you know, has there been anybody where you've been in a game or watching a game from the sidelines, NBA game where you're just like, that guy's unbelievable. You know, who, who's the, who's the guy that impresses the, the already impressive athletes?
2: Honestly, um, the person who impressed me the most was honestly Chris Paul. And it wasn't even from like a, obviously not from like a super athletic standpoint, but, um, just the way he communicates on the floor and how how much that communication really helps you know come growing up and playing basketball it's always been you know coaches like you got to talk on d you got to do this you got to do that you got to talk communicate blah blah blah. you hear that it's like yeah 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 but then when you really see it like i've seen chris paul like he's he really just commanded the whole game and probably ended up with like 13 points like six assists like you know nothing's gonna like, really stand out to you, but he just just provided that 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 layer of being an extra coach basically on the floor, telling his guys, telling Devin Booker, telling DeAndre Aiden, this is what you got to do. This is what this guy can't do. This is what he can do, um, and really, really helping them. And so that that's really that really just you know that 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 blew me away with how big of a communicator he is and how much that helps his team.
1: You know what a what a dookie answer you just gave <laughs> about communications. I love it. Oh, hey, I want to I want to um, jump back a little bit even further in time to to last season. Um, and, and the season ended so abruptly and unceremoniously. Do you feel like God? You're, I wish people could see you. You know, this is an audio podcast. I can yeah. see you. You're shaking your head. You feel the same way I do. That team was going to go on a special run, wasn't it? T- you know, talk a little bit about. Oh, God, what man, that was like. I just It's
2: just like the worst feeling to talk about because it's, man, that was just, that was crazy. Like that's one of the biggest things in life. That, so honestly, what happened last year is the reason why I did the dunk contest this year is because I wanted to do the dunk contest the way I've seen it, you know, past 17 years, 16 years of my life, of watching the dunk contest um, since I've been like four or five. So I've seen fans. I've seen Everyone on the sideline, i seen, you know, crowded baselines, crowded sidelines, eruption. So my thing was like, you know, I was really gracious I got the invitation, but I want to do it next year with fans. But then, you know, I looked back and I thought, you know, think about last year at this time. In March, what were you doing? You thought next week you were going to go from UNC to Greensboro to play the ACC tournament to then live out your dream and play the NCAA tournament.
1: And you guys had a chance. I mean, especially the way Justin was going on, you guys had a chance to go a long, long way in that tournament. Exactly.
2: And so then I just thought about it like, look, you never know what can happen next year. So I seized that opportunity this year. But, you know, going back to last year, like you said, Justin Robinson, he was the reason why everyone was so excited because it was like we have someone who is emerging now that is like, it's too late for you to figure out how to stop it. It's just too late because one, I mean, the tournament was coming up next week. And then after that, it was like, he didn't even get to show you everything. So it was like, you want to scheme him for as being a, a sharp shooting big man. Okay. You can scheme him for doing that, but then he's going to come and drive by you and dunk on you and get inside and play inside. And it was like, man, we had the secret weapon and, you know, we all talk about it every time we're, you know, I talk to, are the guys in the team last year, and it's just man, that's like such a. It's just it's a it's a tough subject,
0: subject to talk about. Yeah, but I mean, like we we talk about that team, we talk about just that that last like three weeks of what what would have been the last three weeks of the season, where you guys just took it to another level, and it it you all had a part in that, but the spark of having Justin Robinson come off the bench was something that it seemed like it elevated everyone's game. What is that like for you? Like, I mean, you're starting most games or you're playing regular minutes and you see someone come off the bench that has been in the in the practices with you and everything and take his game to a level that helps or what boost did that bring to, to your team and, and how that helped you?
2: Uh, I mean, that's a huge boost. Um, I mean, Justin Robinson helped me immensely, just from being a guy who could help me, you know, get adjusted to the transition of, you know, coming in as a freshman. I mean, I came from Los Angeles, California. So that's, that's a far, that's a far journey. Um, and, and just getting acclimated to um, a different time zone, different, just everything. And and then being able to have to get adjusted to that, get adjusted to, um, you know, going through practices and, and still juggling, you know, maybe being home, say this, this and that, just, just little things. And him being there and I can ask him any question about anything because um, he's, he's seen it all. He's been through it all when it came to Duke basketball and Duke. Duke life. So, um, seeing him was go do that was, was great. It wasn't surprising because we already knew what he could do in practice. Um, I mean, there have been, there were so many times I tried to dunk on him and it just, just didn't work. Um, so I knew, <laughs> I knew that there were any time someone came down the lane and tried to dunk on him, it wasn't going to work. So, um, it, it was, it was amazing, but it wasn't surprising.
0: And, and for you, I mean, you came in, you came in, you know, weapons hot, with that Kansas game and it never stopped from there. We knew you had a game that was suited for the NBA, but is there something that you learned while in Durham that you've brought to the NBA and you're like, man, I'm glad I, I, you know, took this at least from my, from my one year on campus.
2: Um, yeah. Just being an attack. Member, I think that's what coach um, coach conveys to everyone is, is really being an attack, being, being ready to fight, you know what I'm saying? He, with his militaristic background, um, you know, he's always talking about battles and fighting and, and being together as an army and being together as a, a unit. and um, So that's what I really learned is, is to fight. Like, if, you, if you're if you getting – if you've ever been to a deep basket up close, you're going to hear him say fight. Like, if it was a drinking game, he said, like, hey, anytime Coach K says fight, man, you're going to have a rough night.
0: I, we, I know all too well. <laughs> I love that.
1: That's so funny. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's his, that's his thing is fighting. So I just learned, I think I I had it before, but he really, you know, made me tap into, you know, going in ready to think of everything's a battle and ready to fight.
1: Hey, I I don't know um, if you've had much of a chance to watch them this year. Have you, have you seen this year's team very much and any any Uh, thoughts or comments on, you know, it's been a tough season so far.
2: Yeah. It's just the way our schedule works is that, you know, most times I swear every time we have a game, they have a game and, especially now since I'm on East coast time and they're on East coast time. It's like coincided, but um, I did get to watch a couple of games and um, you know, I think my biggest thing is just we don't have the fans and that's a huge thing. Um, I I think that's a, it's a huge thing. And I think we're playing games against players who've been able to play with fans um, and they've been in college basketball long enough to be able to acclimate without fans. And I think for us, We're such a young team that, you know, the fans would eventually would, would give us that early confidence like they did with with me. And I know the other freshmen, Um, I felt like, you know, going into the game, especially like practices, you know, that's an empty camera. And then you go into the games can be a little intimidating, but then once you make that first basket or you make that first play and you have the crazy screaming for you, that's when that confidence just builds up. And so, Um, I feel like the fans are just, you know, we really need the crazies back. We need to get past this tough point in in our time. And we have to, you know, really, we really need the crazies back.
1: Well, Cassius, I, I can't thank you enough. This has been great. We had a fabulous time. But before you go, it's time for your Coach K story. We ask this of every Duke player who comes on that we interview, dozens of them now. It is your turn. Give me one good story about Coach K from your time at Duke.
2: It was like right after I broke um, Zion's record and then I think we had a practice and it was like, it was just a sloppy practice and it was, it was all of us. Um, And then he sat us down and he, he kind of just, you know, he gave us that, that that one of those talks and he just kind of just was going at everyone. He was just like telling us we were all doing wrong. And then, um, you know, for the most part throughout the season, I think, I played um, well enough to, to avoid, you know, those, those, those rippings. Um, but this was early in practice when I was still trying to figure out, you know, what role I had. I was still trying to figure out how to sleep on an East Coast time zone. So I was going through a lot of things. Um, and so then, you know, I, we had a bad practice and then he came, he comes to me like he's going down the line, basically just ripping everybody. And he comes to me and he's like, and you, I mean, you know, you want to be jumping and everything like that. And you're jumping, you're jumping touching sticks and everyone's jumping around. And that's the only time you're enthusiastic. But then when you're on the court, you're not doing anything. I mean, do we need to just bring some sticks out here for you to jump? Is that what you're doing? You're just a jump sticker? Like, I think that's what it's going to take. Like, if I had your athleticism, I'd be a, I'd be an NBA player right now. And then I'm just sitting there like, I mean, I don't, I can't, I'm not in control of that coach. I, I, I just came out of high school. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's my goal uh i would love to be an nba player right now but he's like you're not doing anything you think that's gonna work you think you think you're gonna make the nba i'd be i'd be in the nba right now if i had your athleticism and i i couldn't say anything because it's like what is there to say I, i'm in college coach like i'm a freshman they tell me i'm obligated to go to college for one year so like <laughs> at least i mean I, I didn't come into it thinking i'd be here for one year but i mean i'm here i'm here like it was just like, it was, it was, it was just totally a, a shock. I mean, you know, I've never been, he's never, I've never been ripped like that before in my life. And he kind of was just like, and I think he, he said some other stuff that obviously I can't say on here, um, but I mean, we you understand yeah. what it, you can imagine what it, what it was. And um, yeah, like he said something about me being like, like you heard that Jason Tatum story was like a soft uh, St. Louis kid. Um, so he kind of like, kind of said that, but like, I don't, he kind of said in a way like a soft LA kid, but like he definitely said the word soft, but I know for a fact that was like one of the only times he said I was soft, like throughout the year. So I take that as a, as a win. Um, that was one of my favorite coach case stories. Oh. And then, so in the beginning of the, all of my stuff happened in the beginning. Of the year, uh, Cause I made sure like, I'm not going to, I learned from my, my mistakes. So <laughs> I know I don't want this to happen later on again. So um, I, I, came to school and this is like in the summer this is like july august when we're here for summer school and it's like summer practices um so we're in our dorm and i'm eating like a brownie and obviously brownies are soft and i eat a brownie and i like am crunching i keep hearing this crunch and like why is this crunchy but you know they have some parts like where it's like crust the crust on the brownie so I, i'm not thinking too much of it and so i'm like I can't keep chewing this. Like, why is this crunchy? So I spit it. And like there's this white thing, like this big. And I'm like feeling through my mouth. And I'm like, I just broke my tooth on a brownie. So I call my our trainer. I'm like, hey, I just broke my tooth on a brownie. Um like I don't know what, what to do. So we go through that like for the next two days, and they get me surgery, end up having to get take that out, and plus four wisdom teeth um so I had five teeth pulled and like I'm out for a week and literally like the first day of practice I come back um we're we're in there and like we're going at it like five on five full everything and I'm just like totally lost I'm just trying to get my bearings right but luckily I'm just accidentally in the wrong spot and I take a charge and um he's like and everyone's like whoa we took a charge and I'm like everyone's trying to come at me like I don't take charges okay so he's like he's like oh so is that what it has to take because I, I guess I have to sock you again in your mouth for you to loosen tooth for you to take some charges and I was like and it was like the funniest thing is like he was like serious like he because like if you know him like you think because like oh he's like 70 like he's not gonna know like he'll punch you like that's not a thing <laughs> he's a strong he's a strong guy like he's he's really strong like there's been times where he's like doing a demo and, like, he'll be on defense and, like, you know, someone will have the ball casual. He'll slap the ball right out of their hands and i will be shocked. Like, oh, he kind of – that was kind of hard. And so, I mean, I remember he said that and – after that, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to mess
0: with this guy. He's not
1: one of the guys. To mess with. <laughs> Do not mess with Coach K. Coach
0: K is not the one. I, I got it. <laughs> no, Coach K is definitely not the one.
1: I, you know, Cash, you reminded me of something at the beginning of that story uh, that, of course, you broke Zion's record. Have you spoken to Zion? Has he said anything to you about the fact that you, you broke his record for the highest vertical leap?
2: Yeah, I think I saw him, like, because he came to school during one of the breaks or something like that, so – um, actually, no, he DM me, he was, um, because he DM me because he said, he told coach Will last year by the, when, when I heard, when he heard that he committed, he's like, yo, he's going to break my record. And he, he's like, he told me like, you know, Hey, I told our, our strength conditioning coach, coach Will, he's like, I told him that he were going to break it. So I'm not surprised that you broke it. Um, and so everyone's like, everyone thinks, says that 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 record's going to stay um hopefully it stays but i mean everyone thought Zion's was going to stay so i mean you never know you never know who's going to come in and break
0: well i'll tell you what you are safe with us because we're not going to break it
1: (laughs) (laughs) cassius stanley thanks so much for joining us today we really appreciate it we are going to be watching with bated breath for that slam dunk contest so the whole country is going to get to know your name the way we do man uh, it, it was it was a pleasure talking to you and good luck this weekend
2: Appreciate
0: it, guys. Okay, we would really love to thank Cassius for joining us on the DBR podcast. Jason, that was awesome. Oh, it?
1: it it was so great. Look, so my reaction is, first of all, the fact that he, you heard us being giddy when he was like, my dunks have never been done before. I am so excited to see Cash at the, at the slam dunk contest. Uh, but the, the thing I wanted to reflect on, to me, there was one major item that I think is really worth addressing. He talked about, and, and this was fascinating to me because I didn't expect to get this from him. He talked about the importance of the fans. And he talked about how, the, how that has really impacted this year's Duke basketball team and i think that was uh, it's something i hadn't thought about that much look we've we've mentioned the fact that there aren't fans in cameron but he just came out and said it that they are difference makers and that they gave him confidence and and as a freshman having the fans you know, there to give you energy is really important. And then he thinks that's one of the reasons this year's Duke team has struggled as much as it has. It's something I, I hadn't really considered that much. I mean, yeah, Cameron's worth a couple points. Duke probably would win some of these games we've lost at home. But I, I get the impression that he was talking about, you know, the whole season and and the energy that you get from them and how that translates into everything you do as a Duke basketball player. Uh, And I just thought that was a really fascinating part of the interview. It's insight I hadn't expected to get from him. And like I said, I, I hadn't really considered it as big a factor as he clearly thinks it is in this year's Duke team, you know, somewhat struggling.
0: Jason, we have talked a little bit on this podcast about that effect, and and but we never knew. We always had a sense of like, yeah, Cameron, we always talk about the betting lines and like Cameron adds four or five points to uh, whatever spread that may be, there may be out there. Uh, and just the crazies being there just kind of add a component and, uh, of intimidation. And he talked about that a little bit. He even said that you know, the first when you come out for the first time in front of the crazies that he was intimidated, but then he glides, He said he jumps up and he sees, you know, the camera crazy about to go nuts as he's hammering something home. And then he says it gives you a boost of confidence. So uh, it's clear that that is missing. We, we've talked a little bit about that, but you're right. It was excellent to kind of get that insight from someone who has experienced it before. And even in the NBA has, has experienced some games where there are no fans and there's some where there's very few, but he hasn't gotten that full gist of the uh, that full experience in the nba yet either uh, i do also want to talk about the uh the coach case stories that he had because i like that he was like hey all of mine occurred before the season started because i wasn't going to make no mistakes during the season that <laughs> is a smart man right there that man knows hey fool me once that's cool like don't 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 as he said Coach K is not the one. And he learned that very early on. Uh, so I, I think that was awesome. What else did you have from this uh, interview?
1: Uh, the other thing was his reflection on last year's team and, and uh-huh. folks, I wish you could have seen, I commented on it. Uh, we, we're, we're recording this on zoom. So Donald and I, and our guests, we can all see each other. I wish you could have people. I wish you could have seen his face when I asked him about the premature end of last, last year's season Um, You could just tell from his expression how much it pains Cassius that we didn't get a chance to finish what that team had started. And I I thought his reflections on Justin Robinson and Justin Robinson's emergence were, uh, uh, look, they they match the way I think a lot of us feel that that was going to be a magical end to the season you can just tell he knows it he knows in his bones
0: he looked like if, he yeah. he looked it, like he was going to call up the boys right now i'm like hey let's go back like let's let's finish this
1: I, you he knows that if there had been an nca tournament duke was going to do something special and and i i feel like Look, we, we go back through history. Duke fans go back. We go, oh, we were robbed in '99 and and uh it, uh 2005, 2004. 2001,
0: 2004.
1: Yeah, look, we go all the 2002. You mean? 2000, no, I'm yeah. sorry,
0: 2002, 2004. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right,
1: we, we go back to all the uh, 1986 for me. We all have these different years. I, I really think that these guys feel like they were robbed last year. That something truly special was going to happen, and and it didn't happen for them. And and it's it's unfair. I mean, look. Coronavirus has been horrible, terrible, and a million and five awful things have happened that are way more important than anything in basketball. But as a Duke fan, it's, it's just, it's a pity. It's a pity.
0: And it's, it was interesting to me that he used the pain from that as the reason for accepting the invite to the dunk contest this year. Uh, as opposed Great to he's, yep. he said he wanted to wait until there was fans and stands. And he was talking about that, but he also said like, Hey, we don't know when that's going to be. You never know. Tomorrow's not promised essentially is, is what he was getting at. And he was like, they're presenting this opportunity now, take it now. So I- I'm really looking forward to the dunk contest this weekend is, uh, as I mentioned, it's, it's the highlight of the weekend, even for some people, even more so than the actual game, the dunk contest is the it thing. So uh, we're looking forward to that i think all of you guys now once you've listened to now that you've listened to his his nugget and his tease i think you guys should be watching as well as it's all going to be on this weekend i believe TNT is carrying it so check your local listings for that but for now that will do it for episode 289 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast sam will be back we will be back later on this week i know it's wednesday as we record we will be back later because we have a big game on saturday and y'all know we're ready for it we will prepare for UNC, but until then, for Sam and and for Jason Evans, I am Donald Wine, and the Duke Band, fly us out of here and take us home.